Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I just want to share for a few minutes. Obviously, we've only got about 15, 20 minutes or so. And I'm just going to share something briefly that I think we're going to unpack a bit more in these coming weeks in relation to what God is already saying and doing. Um, Pastor Colin obviously uh, shared what he did last week about the, the vision of the bridge and the water going under the bridge and, uh, and how clean that was. And, and he then was standing on the bridge and then he invited everybody else to stand on the bridge. And, it was, and that bridge got bigger and bigger as the, the water expansive. It got bigger and wider and larger and, and more rapid. And to the point where he, he said the bridge was so vast, so big, you just couldn't count how many people were on that bridge. And I don't know if he said in, because I listened to some of it, uh, just to, I'd heard him speak about it the previous day in, in Portsmouth with Andy Elms Church down there. We went down there and he was speaking at something going on there. Um, I just wanted to, but there are, he said there were other bridges at different stages down the river that represent other churches that were going to see the same thing. Because it's not just us that God is speaking about, God is speaking to the church uh, in the nation. And I just want to briefly say something for a couple of minutes before really a short word this morning. Um, Jane and I have been in Israel this week and uh, we were invited to go to a kind of conference round table event with uh, a number of the Messianic congregations that are there. Uh, what do I mean by Messianic? That, that means Jewish people that are now believers in Jesus. Okay? They've been born of the Spirit and, and they know Jesus uh, as their Saviour, as their Messiah. So there were a number of um, Messianic congregation leaders that were there and also the Arab churches and congregations in Israel. There's about 40 Arab congregations over there and the guys that lead, oversee all those and lead those, they were there um, as well as people like Jane and I who lead churches from other nations and, uh, and whatnot. Now, some of you, you might not, if you're not really up on what that means, what I've just said, uh, to actually have Jewish believers in the same room as Arab believers is a miracle, yeah. right? If you know what's going on over there in that part of the world and all the tension and everything else that goes on it. And, and although in Israel you do have Arabs and Jews living in Israel because you've got Israeli Arabs and on one level they all, get, they, they all sort of get on with life and, and you go to Jerusalem and in Jerusalem you've got Jewish, Jews, Jews living there, you've got Arabs living there and they all sort of get on. But under the surface which is not that thick, um, there can be a lot of tensions and it doesn't take much to spark things and suddenly everybody's at loggerheads about things, right? Um, and it, it wasn't really a sit down, listen to loads of message, uh, messages. It was really a gathering of people that are all relationally connected to each other in Israel and one or two other nations. And it was really a, a time of worship, of prayer, the prophetic, of... of uh, and yes, there was word in and out of all of that. And there were one or two sessions. But I, 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 would, I would say what we experienced, it was probably one of the most humbling things I've ever been to and been at. Where you see the love, the, the love that these guys had for one another, these people have for each other. It's, it's, it, was, it was amazing. Um, the unity, the oneness, uh, just the, the kingdom heart and mind that they had together 
there was no sense of sides at all. There was no sense of second class or first class. You know, there was no sense of the Jews or the, the kind of chosen people in the Arabs world. They sort of make up the numbers or anything like that. It was, they were like brothers, they're friends. It was like family. And we felt, like it, it, on one level, it felt a bit like we'd been invited into this family party into this family event that we were a bit like, wow, you know, and, and yet we were accepted like we were one of them as part of the family, as part of the party. And it was such an amazing picture of what it talks about in, in um, Ephesians, um, one new man, in Ephesians, um, about one new man in Christ. What does that mean? It means Jew that has come to know Jesus, Gentile has come to know Jesus. And obviously there's a lot of talk there about Jews and Arabs because that's where a lot of the conflict is. So you've got Jews and Arabs and Gentiles, or Arabs are Gentiles, but just uh, Jews, Arabs and Gentiles in Christ together, one family, one body. And it, the flow of the Holy Spirit, honestly, it was powerful. And uh, the prayer, the prophetic, the release of God and... and so the, we, the first night when everybody kind of gathered on the Monday night, it was mainly a meal that everybody was eating together and then, then spending time meeting people you didn't know and greeting and just at least connecting with as many people before this thing started the following morning. And the guy who was overall leading it on the Monday night, we've never met him before and uh, he doesn't really know us. And he said to us, he said, God's, I, God's been getting me to pray for your nation over the last few weeks recently, particularly to do with Brexit. But God's been getting me to pray. And he said, I, I believe we need to pray for your nation tomorrow morning. And uh, would you lead that time of prayer? Now, we, we, we didn't have any idea what that it was going to be like either because we never hadn't been, well, we had a rough idea what it was like, but didn't know how's this going to be, what's it going to be like. And he'd said to somebody else who knew us, who'd invited us to be there, um, if I ask these guys to lead something, what, how do they pray? What do they pray like? And this guy said, don't worry, they pray exactly the same as we do. It will be, they'll just go for it. He's like, right, great, I'm going to ask them. So there was a lot of trust there because you had about 100 plus leaders, really, from different places there. So, and what we thought was going to be about 10 minutes, us sharing for a bit, and then they just pray for our nation in relation to Brexit. We ended up praying for, yeah, well, it was about an hour of just praying for the UK. The whole meeting went from 9 in the morning till 12.30 without a stop, just flowing, worship, prophetic, prayer. It was like, and they got us up there and, and they literally put us in, we, we shared for a few minutes, put us in the middle and as we were there, they literally, I felt, I thought my arms were going to come out of my sockets. I don't know what, what they were doing with you, but I had my eyes shut. I was just praying like anything, just wow. It was brilliant. It was amazing. But having the, all these people around you praying for our nation, I'm like, we, we've come here to find out more about what God's doing there and there. And the first, that morning, an hour, hour and a half of it was just praying for the UK, praying for us in this nation. And um, I don't know if I've got sweaty arms under there, but anyway, um, uh, don't look under there. And, but I have my arms... Um, in the air like that and they were like yanking them up and they were like we must hold their hands up we might like they do with Moses and it was just but it was just like Whoa, praying for our nation then every five minutes they were kind of so what's happening in Brexit what's happening what's happening what's happening and we're like they haven't got a clue nobody does so uh, <laughs> let's just keep praying alright because there's twists and turns every five minutes now why do I mention that why have I spent a few minutes bearing in mind I only got, I've got five ten minutes left right now, in terms of what God is doing, he's speaking about this phrase we use, harvest. What is that? 
it's a, it's, a, it's a picture of a field, isn't it, that is ready to be harvested. And, and Jesus in Matthew 9 uh, spoke about the people, the Jewish people at the time that he was reaching, that they're like, that it's like the harvest field is plenty. It's like so many people are ready for something new in their lives, but they don't know where to look. They don't know where to find it. And he, he talked about those people as sheep without a shepherd. And sheep without a shepherd don't know which way to go. And they end up getting themselves into a lot of damage and pain and mess. And so they need somebody to lead them. And so that harvest is a parallel of people that need to come to know Lord. And we know there are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions that need to know the Lord. And what impacted us so much was this family dynamic. But also somebody said something while we were there um, that got both of us kind of, mm, that was interesting. That was like writing things down. And there was a, I'm not going to tell you the details of this, but there was, there was a pastor from the States and, uh, and God's done a, he's got a big church and God's done a total number on him last year. And he had a, a literal, an encounter with Jesus in a Passover service. He wasn't really, uh, anyway, they were having a, a, a sort of, Passover thing at their church he came up to distribute the elements and and he literally had a physical encounter with Jesus and and God's done a total number on them as a church Um, but he said something that sparked something in in us and he he didn't he was just sharing something at one point and this is what he said as a result of what God has done in in him and is doing in their church they're seeing some phenomenal stuff happening now He's, he's had 20 years of using church growth techniques to grow the church. And they've got 20,000 people, so he knows what he's doing from that point of view. But as he encountered Jesus, one of the things he said was, it was like God said, everything you've done in your own flesh is just an, is rubbish. Now would you let me take over, right, basically. And that's what they've been doing as a church. Jesus, you take over. You take over then. And he said something, and... One of the things that God's doing is, is in their homes and re-establishing God's order in the home. And he said something. He said, we have 5,000 households in our church that have retaken the right authority and order in their home. And at that moment, I was like, that's it. God has spoken to us about 5,000 households being saved and it's very easy to focus on everybody gathering to a building, to a church and to meetings. But God, it was like, and I said, we, both of us, we were like afterwards or whatever, or nudging each other at different moments. I said, man, did you hear that 5,000 household? And James was like, yeah, I wrote that down or whatever. And, and God wants to do something in our homes. And I, I've got a whole bunch of scriptures here. We haven't got time to go through them all now. Um, but it, just in a, in, a, in a nutshell, then we'll come back. We'll have to come back to this next week and just carry on, flow on with it. Um, when the Holy Spirit was released and the early church was birthed, it said that they, they, they met in the temple courts daily, but then something else that it says in Acts 2, 42 to 47 in those verses, it said they broke, they broke bread in their homes. And 
after what he said, we had conversation with him and we said, tell us some stories of what God's been doing. And some of the stories they told us were, were phenomenal. The breakthroughs, the miracles um, that happened in their homes since responding to what God's been doing. And Jane and I were like, we need to go and talk to this guy because there's something about this. 5,000 households in their homes, all this kind of stuff. There's something God wants to do in the homes. If we're reaching 5,000 households, it's not about them all just coming to a building or to, or to buildings around the, Congre- around the 25 mile rate. This is about God doing something in the home. So there's right order, God's order in the home. When I say God's order, I'm not, I'm not just saying the bloke's in charge, the wife's this and the kids are that. When I say God's order, I mean God's lordship in the home. God's rule and reign in the home, okay? There are some practicals and we can look at those next week as to what does that mean. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's right order in terms of his lordship in people's lives. But also what we do in our homes that brings the presence of God in there so that where there's sickness, it goes. Where there might be some behavioural issues, they get sorted out. Where there may be some attack from the enemy, it gets dealt with and broken. That kind of stuff. Because we, we, if, if God wants us to be reaching more and more people, which he does, then there's got to be victory in our homes because the devil hates family and he's trying to destroy the family unit. And we see that in marriages. We see that in what goes on with same-sex marriage and everything. The devil is trying to destroy what God initiated as family. Man and woman coming together. A man leaving his father and mother and be united with his wife. And they become one flesh. Okay? And in the same way that Jew and Gentile and Arab become one in Christ... If it's just Jew and Jew, that's not one new man. If it's just Gentile and Gentile, it's not one new man. It can't be what God has said because one new man is, is Jew and Gentile together in Christ. In the, same way, that's that, in the same way marriage is man and woman coming together, that is true marriage. And the enemy is trying to destroy family life. It's trying to destroy marriage, which is the fabric of society, backbone of society is family life. And... and And as a church, I believe God wants us to see a restoration of marriage and of family life in our homes and whatever that looks like in your home. That as husband and wife, if that's your situation, or if you're a single parent and that's your situation, that you you are operating in, in the right way, in right relationship with God, right relationship to one another, a right relationship with your kids. And and in terms of communion breaking bread and what that really means doing that in our homes which we're going to unpack over the next while and also what does it mean to be in the right order with God in terms of the authority in your home okay and so some of this is going to encourage us and challenge us and and creating space in our week for God to be Lord in our homes and in our households where we are some of you might be doing this already but there are many many people in their families that, that never spend time together as a family, giving God space to speak and to work and to move. Uh, many families never have communion together in their home. We leave it to the church. It says that they broke bread in their homes. It doesn't, didn't say they broke bread when they all gathered together in a big number. It said they broke bread in their homes. I know some of you say, why don't we have communion more regularly? Uh, well, we, we have it once a month or so, but actually where the power of this thing works is in the home. That's where, 
and we're going to unpack all that so it makes sense from the word and, and what we believe God is, God is uh, saying. So what happened, a couple of scriptures just, uh, you know, when, when Paul, the apostle, wanted to preach the gospel anywhere he went, um, he wanted to go into Asia to preach the gospel. And it says the Holy Spirit stopped him. And in Acts 16, somewhere there, the Holy Spirit stopped him. Now, it wasn't a big motorway sign at the edge of the road on the way to Asia, a big blue sign that said, Paul, don't go into Asia. He just had this sense of don't go there. There's something else. When he was asleep that night, he had a vision. And he had a vision of a man calling from Macedonia, come over here and help us. And so his phrase when he woke up was, we concluded... We read that, that that's what God wanted to do. So that's the first time the gospel actually came into Europe uh, from that moment. When they came into that area, the first person they came across was a business lady and she became a believer and it says her whole household was baptised. And it was in her workplace that, where she, she met with these guys and... and uh, then the next thing that happened is Paul and Silas ended up in jail for preaching the gospel. And uh, while they were there, the jailer, um, the whole place gets shaken. The jailer thinks I'm in trouble. But Paul's like, don't worry, everything's okay. And, and they, they basically end up at the jailer's house and they share the gospel and the jailer and his whole household get saved. It actually says they all got baptised. There's something about baptism that God wants us to be much more central to the message and the gospel. Sorry, I'm just talking this one. Is that all right? This isn't a crafted message because it's all there and I'm, I'm chatting. Um, we'll get that next week maybe. And, but there's some things that God wants to restore that he wants us to be living in, in our homes, in our marriages and in our families that is part of releasing the power of God in a fresh way. So that any family, as they come to know Christ and get added to this church anyway, who we are, that they begin to live the same thing in their homes because of what we're seeing and the stories that are coming across of what God is doing. Some of the stories we heard, like one was of a, 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 one family where a child had, had this serious illness for, for a, a, quite a period of time and they tried everything for breakthroughs and this and other. The first, it was a Friday night where this family said, right, we're on Friday night, we're, every week we're going to meet as a family, we're going to eat together and we're going to have communion together and we're going to take hold of the power that there is in the cross when Jesus said, remember me. He didn't say do it as a memory, he said, remember me and what's involved. And, and the dad in that situation uh, prayed for his family, prayed for his child, and that night, boom, miracle, the child got healed. And they said as a family, we'd never done this. We'd never done anything like this in our home before. And the first time we actually did this as a family, he said, as a, as a dad, he said he repented of not, not doing this or whatever. And the first time they did it, the power of God got released. God wants something powerful to be happening in our homes. And 5,000 households, imagine 5,000 households living with the power of God in their homes like this, where there isn't angst, there isn't division, kids don't go off the rails, they don't get into drugs, they don't get into rebellion, they don't end up in this, that and the other. Why? Because the presence of God in the home is actually the right protection and the right grip that is on our children's lives in that way. Amen? Uh, marriages get stronger. Why? Because we're praying together, we're believing together, we're sharing life together. 
what the, the, the relationship between a dad and the kids is getting stronger because the dad's standing there and praying and declaring things over his, over his kids every week. We're going to get round the table. We're going to have communion. I speak blessing over you, my son. I speak blessing over you, my daughter, whatever the situation. This is a scripture I got for you when I was praying. You pray for the wife. The wife prays for the husband. The wife prays for the kids. The kids then pray for the parents. I mean, there's a release of God that he wants there to be. And it just hit us, 5,000 households. And we're like, right, God wants to see something phenomenal happen in the home. Where the power of the enemy is broken in the homes. Power over generational things in family is broken because we're getting around. We're breaking bread together. We're praying together. We're believing together. Amen. Time has gone. So let's stand up, shall we? That we're going to look at some stuff, but what is that? How do we do that? So first of all, you have to lead yourself. You have to be leading in your own life first. Then what does it mean to lead in the home? What does that mean to lead your family? All those, we'll unpack some of that. And, and you might say, well, hang on a minute. Aren't, you going to, aren't we going to be a bit more like rah, 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 harvest time, loads of people getting saved, and some of the stuff we've had the last few weeks. I think, God, I think we know where we are, what time we're in, right? And God now wants to put some steps on that so that we see a release of God, not just on a Sunday or not just in certain moments, but we see a release of God in our homes in a fresh way, in our lives in a very, very practical way. Because I I believe as God releases His Spirit more and more, that every one of us, because we're we're a priesthood of believers, we're all priests before God, okay, Uh, in that sense. So we all minister to the Lord and God speaks to every one of us. And in our home, that's the very place where where we need to see his lordship in our lives as well as in other areas that we're together in. But in our homes, we want to see his lordship being being outworked uh, in those um, scenarios. So let's just, everybody said last week, or I don't know, I I wasn't here, but I I presume everybody said, I want to be on the bridge and all of that. If you haven't heard the message, listen to last Sunday's message. It's powerful. Um, we want to be on the bridge. Now, what does some of that being on the bridge looks like? look like? Some of it looks like God doing something restorative in our homes. And you might say, well, we already do that. Well, God wants there to be an increase of what you're already seeing then. He wants to add. He wants to do more. Some of you might say, well, I haven't done that. Don't worry if you haven't done it before and think, oh, I shouldn't have done it draw a line and say, right, I'm going to step over that and, and we're going to start moving forward in a fresh way. Don't let the enemy say, well, you haven't done that. You're not being good at this, that and the other. Stuff the enemy. Shut your gob, you know, enemy. We're not interested in what things have been like. What we're interested in, how it's going to go forward. All right, so don't let the enemy put a downer on you and all that. Just, you know, he can shut his trap, right? What we want to do is go forward in terms of what God wants to release uh, amongst us in our, in our lives, in our homes. So why, why is God speaking the best? Because we need to understand that this is not about leaders leading something and we're all just following a leader. This isn't about, well, there are some that are called to do certain things and the rest make up the numbers. No, this is God mobilising the body for the scale of what he's talking about. And one of the reasons why uh, God wants to restore things in the home is for Jewish people, the, they understand the home better than we do as Gentiles, as Westerners, the, the power of what goes on in the home and in the family. And we're going to see more and more Jewish people come to know Jesus in these coming days and months. And 
for, as Gentiles, we, we, don't, we don't have to follow all the certain things, uh, you know, we're Gentiles. We don't have to follow all the different festivals. We need to understand what they mean. The only thing that Jesus said we're to do in remembrance of him is communion and what that means, okay? But if you're if a Jew coming out of all of that, we're not asking them to kick all their Jewishness out of the window. They're a Jew. That's who they are. And the festivals mean certain things and come alive to them when they become a believer in Jesus in a way that is powerful because actually all the festivals in the Old Testament are all connected to who Jesus is when you unpack them all. And, and so... We want them to come amongst us. And we don't want to say to a Jewish person, you have to become like us in every way, a Gentile. It's like you're still a Jew. And Passover for them represents something. We call it communion in terms of where communion comes from and why Jesus said it in relation to the Passover in Exodus. But, um, and what that represented going forward in terms of the Messiah and the cross. We want to make sure that these guys are welcome to be part of us as we reach out to them more and more and see those guys come to know Jesus. So let's just pray for a minute. Just acknowledge this morning, Father, I'm on the bridge. I'm on the bridge. And Father, I want to walk in the practical, I want to walk out the practical steps of, of, some, of this, what gonna, what this is, some of what this is going to look like in terms of seeing your life, your victory, your kingdom, your authority, healing breakthroughs in my home in a fresh way and I believe one of the things God's going to do is going to it's not by coming to the front for a ministry time where you say well, I need a breakthrough in my family or I need a breakthrough in this in my home I actually believe God's saying you're going to see those breakthroughs right in your home around the dinner table around communion table or whatever goes on and it's not you know some it might take a bit of time to to kind of help your family move from not ever doing that to gradually kind of doing something. And, and it's not like you have to spend an hour and a half doing it. It could start off with 10 minutes, uh, 15 minutes. And we'll work on some stuff and maybe help to put stuff in your hands to help you. What do you do? How do you have communion? What do we do? What do you pray? What can you pray? What scriptures are good to use? And all of that. And we'll get some stuff together that we can get into your hands as to, 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 to see God just turn up in a fresh way and, and abide in our homes in a fresh way. Father, I just thank you that you are releasing your spirit in a fresh way. And as well as what happens when we come together, we thank you for what you're going to do in our homes in these coming weeks and months. So that as others come to know you and others come into our homes and your presence is so tangible because we're welcoming you in and giving you space in a way we haven't before or even more space than we have given you to do what you want to do in our families, in our marriages, in our life together, in our households. Father, you, so often in the New Testament is households came to know you. And Father, we thank you as others come into our home, into our family, into our household. Something's going to happen in their lives, Father, and they take that back into their home, into their family. So households come to know you. Households are being baptised. 
households are coming in so that we see 5,000 households all around this 25 mile 5,000 homes that are filled with your presence. Your power is at work. The past being broken off lives. People being healed. Marriages being restored. Families being restored. People coming back to you. All of that kind of stuff. Father, I thank you. It's not just about 5,000 people attending a church or coming to a meeting on a Sunday. It's what you're going to be doing in people's homes all over this area, Father, as you move and work by your Spirit. And then what would that look like when we come together? It's going to be awesome, powerful, as you work in in the bigger spiritual family that we are. And so, Father, we praise your name. We exalt your name. We praise your name. Even as a starter this week, maybe decide when in the week you, you, you can do this as a family and say, right, we're going to start and we're going to invite God into our lives and our home in a fresh way. And they, often, they broke bread round a, mi- a dinner table. They didn't suddenly get into a service mode and say, we're going to have a meeting now. They, they had dinner laid out and everything else. And, and at the start of that, they were like, right, let's break bread. Let's remember who Jesus is. Let's remember the power of the cross and what it represents. Let's appropriate the power of that right now in our lives. The, in Corinthians, Paul said, many... Uh, were sick and died because they didn't discern the Lord's body. What he meant by that was they didn't, by faith, as they took communion, understand the power of what Jesus did. It's not the power is in the elements, the power is in who Jesus is. And as they remembered him saying what he accomplished on the cross, it's like, right, so now we can have victory now and see people healed. And because they were healed, they didn't end up dying. And so there's that kind of power that God wants to release in our lives and homes. So, Father, we praise your mighty name. We thank you, Jesus. Maybe take a few minutes this week. Decide when it's going to be. Talk to your family. Hey, on Thursday night, Friday night, Wednesday, whatever it's going to be. And we're going to take a few minutes before dinner and we're going to have some bread and we're going to have some juice and we're going to thank God for who he is. And maybe it's whoever the head of the household is, maybe both mum and dad, or if it's just one of you in the home, whatever it is, maybe get some scripture and speak it over your children. Bless them. Speak well of them. Whatever, you can read the ironic blessing in Numbers 6, 33, whatever it is, and speak that over your kids, declare that over them, but begin to see a release of God and just begin to, see, begin to see what God releases in your home in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.